Welcome to Someplace for Everybody, where we talk about belonging and being a human in our bodies, in living in and learning to love our bodies. I'm your host, Carly Someplace. This podcast is brought to you by Someplace Images, boudoir for everybody. You can see the full show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Now, let's change some self-perspectives. Hello! So, hi, I'm Carly with Someplace Images, and welcome to Someplace for Everybody. Um, Today, we have one of my favorite humans ever, my dear friend, an amazing, amazing creator, my friend Magda Guichard, who is the owner, designer, and fabricator of Amber Goddess Designs. So, my darling, tell us more about you and Amber Goddess Designs, because everybody needs to know about Amber Goddess Designs. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Hi. Yeah, so like I said, I, I, am, I am Magda Guichard. I started last year Amber Goddess Designs, which is a lingerie company that makes lingerie and swimwear for um, everybody, which does not mean like off the rack everybody. It means your body and your measurements. So I do everything custom sized. Occasionally I do custom requests for designs. And yeah, I want every everyone to feel sexy in what they're wearing, uh, even if it's like a very simple piece, you know, you, you need to feel good in what you're wearing. I so wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> and I know you know that. <laughs> but yeah. for anyone who doesn't think that I wholeheartedly agree, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about, obviously, like talking about everybody and wanting body people to have anything and everything to feel comfortable in what was like your big push to start amber goddess and like what like the niche that you're filling which is obviously custom designed things let's talk about that I think it's really important that people have things that fit them and I think that the fashion industry now has it's changed so much in so many ways over the last well decade but also 50 years of custom clothing sure. and different things like that. So let's kind of touch on that because those are some hot topics in the fashion industry in general. Right. And I mean, even in the last five years, it's changed a lot, luckily towards the better. But yes. I am by trade a costume designer and I've worked in the costume industry for over 10 years. Uh, but I have training in fashion design. Uh, that is what my undergraduate degree is in. So okay. I um, kind of always wanted to make things differently for different types of people. My stuff was always very showy and haute couture. And so I kind of knew that I wanted to do costume design, but with a touch of fashion in there always. Right. And uh, I am also a plus size person. So you can't find a lot of things in my size that I like. Luckily, we've got stores that are getting better at those sorts of things, but yep. they're also getting worse in a lot of ways. Fast fashion is very cheaply made, of course, yeah. and it's great because it fits in everyone's budget, but it you know, doesn't fit everyone, <laughs> which I mean, and there are a lot of great companies that have an amazing range of sizes. Savage by Fenty is probably the top one that has amazing, amazing style and is very size inclusive, which yeah. uh, you just don't see in those types of lines nowadays. So, that you know, that's quality. kind of prob- probably right. And that are of quality. And that's, yeah. so that's probably one of my top competitor 
I, you know, for especially as someone that's new, I'm competing with Rihanna. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, casual. you know, casual. I mean, I, I don't shout out right, to casual. Me. I don't, I don't, <laughs> right. I don't think that I'm, you know, in that same league just yet as someone who started their business just over a year ago. Yeah. But I, you know, I have at least my differences in that I do everything especially the there's a cost difference savage by fenty is very accessible in their their size and their cost yeah. but i have the advantage in that my stuff is custom made mm-hmm. and you know we're going back 100 years now before or more than 100 years where before things were made off the rack right. so you know everything was bespoke to you to your measurements um i mean granted the range and sizes was not necessarily the same as it is now right in that you know people have changed bodies but it doesn't mean that the types of bodies that we're fitting right now didn't exist over 100 years ago exactly but they you know the upper class looked a certain way the lower class looked a certain way and the people in between kind of did their own thing and right <laughs> but but you know you couldn't necessarily afford it then I still think that even if something that I make is in a higher price range I, I mean I would say that I'm like competing price-wise with with Victoria's Secret yeah I, I agree and, yeah yeah and they certainly don't make things that are they, they don't First even make things that fit me. I like, I have a couple pairs of underwear from them that like still fit me, but by still fit me, I mean like have stretched out and grown with me. Girl, I haven't fit Victoria's <laughs> Secret since high school. Um, I haven't fit Victoria's Secret underwear since high school, let alone ever really fit their bras. So, right. I mean, I just, and then when I was in high school, I wasn't able to afford that stuff. But I think it's important too that like, you know, they're not size inclusive and they're not, I mean, then so then they're not fitting other people so it's like even if you're I am on price point with them to be frank but then you know I'm not I'm doing it to fit your body like you know a person that's a different experience (laughs) right there's a person that's a 42 double d at one place you know and you know they're sister sizing and that's that's a whole thing in the laundry industry that you know with your underwire bras you're you can fit sister sizes right but it I mean it's still never really gonna fit you properly and you can find a great fitting bra that's not you know that's not to knock any of the the uh, like the brands that you find off the rack but it you know this is different (laughs) Um, and that's kind of my that's kind of my goal and it's yeah like while we kind of push a lot you and I have pushed a lot towards fitting our plus size friends right it's not just the plus size people that wear bras that need to be catered to I mean we have our our smaller size friends that also can't find bras that look right or fit, right. make them feel sexy yeah you know some people have smaller breasts and wider backs or you've yeah. got a very narrow rib cage or you know like your shoulders are lower or whatever I mean it right. just that those are all things that uh, a normal fashion brand can't cater to because they'd have thousands of pieces. Right. And, exactly. you know, I make everything one by one, um, literally from designing out, I'll, I'll design a piece that, 
you know, a lot of times you say, oh, well, that piece can't possibly look good on all of the sizes. And it, you know, it's true. There's some editing when I'm making the piece fit a person. Right. Absolutely. Um, But it generally looks the same and looks pretty damn good if I say so on, on the different sizes. And so the, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll design something. I will draft literally every single size and I actually just upped my sizing up to a 15x yeah girl and then so then I've got my generic sizing and then when I get someone's measurements I can kind of go in between those measurements so like if someone is between like their their bust measurement fits a 3x but their under bust is a 6x right (laughs) you know that's not something that you can normally find you kind of have to get your 6x and have it be a little looser in the bust or you know you have it deal with it be a little tight in the under bust or whatever and because I kind of pre-draft everything I can pretty quickly go between those sizes and I'm starting to like go completely digital with all of that so that it's not I'm not gonna be printing size yep. extra small through 15x right um I can just do it completely on my computer which I had started playing around with a couple of styles ago and so now I'm going to be strictly doing that where I'm just doing it all on my computer and I print it out per person so that yeah. I can cut out just those sizes and then I save the digital size in my computer yeah. Um, well, I'm on a storage drive, and then right. if someone orders the same style again, uh, I can just use that or um, modify what I've already used if if they haven't changed sizes. Which I mean, let's be real, we all fluctuate. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, let, I've definitely put on like a COVID fifteen, um, which I'm not ashamed about. I yeah. let myself feel my feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we baked. We baked a so, lot. <laughs> We baked a lot. I did a lot of cake uh, decorating videos. <laughs> but so and, it's interesting um, because when you're talking about this technology of just like having it on your computer slash your hard drive and being able to do all of that stuff, like I just like that takes my mind to like why are bigger brands not able to like have more in betweens if it's I don't want to say like as a small business, but like if you have access to this technology and you know how to use it, then why aren't they, they definitely have access to technology like this and they definitely have access to like be able to use this and, and use it to size things better and do better things. Let's let's be be real. It's all, I mean, it all comes down to money. I'm not making a million dollars a piece. Like they are able to get their factories and you can mass produce your size range right it doesn't mean that it's impossible for them and that they shouldn't be able to do it but it's it comes down to money and it's always going to be coming down to money they're they're paying workers overseas you know below well below the united states minimum wage and um and not all of them that's you know i'm not gonna knock every single fashion major fashion brands not all of them are doing that because there are certainly but they're also using labor in prisons in the united states and not paying them above minimum wage which i think is a whole other story that i don't necessarily need to get into because that's you know a different type of forced labor but um so you know so it comes it, it comes down to money and 
So if I were to produce one piece, it costs me X amount of dollars. I am designing it. I'm cutting it. I am sewing it. You know, eventually I might be able to hire a cutter and a stitcher, but you know, that I'm paying them a wage that eats into what I'm making in profit. And so it either means that I make less profit or I raise my prices. Right. But those brands should be able to afford to do that. They have certainly the billions of dollars to be able to do that or at minimum pay their workers a living wage. Um, (laughs) Whether or not they're making custom sized pieces. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, yes. I, I think that, I mean, they have their, they're not doing it all by themselves, but they also have, they have their profit. Right, they, have, they have a massive profit margin. Period. So that's a whole right, and it's it's not the people. It's certainly not their designers that are making the money. It's not yeah. the people that are selling it in the stores that are making the money, and it's not the people that are sewing it. It's the it's barely the buyers that are making that money, right. and it's certainly the CEOs and the CFOs that are making that money. Yeah. So I mean, there's certainly a cost difference there. But that is also to say that there are brands that you can get custom size, not lingerie, but custom size clothing. Right. That is a very reasonable price. Eshakti is one yeah. of my favorite companies that I've bought from. That came to mind for me as well. Uh, um, I've bought a few pieces from them and I absolutely love their stuff. And they do dresses and suits and, you know, casual wear. And I mean, you want to say like a hundred bucks for a dress. Oh my gosh, that's so expensive. It's it's not, it's not, I'm pay, you know, it's you not. go to Torrid and you pay a hundred dollars for a dress and it's not greatly made. It's, I mean, it's pretty good, but it's fast fashion. The person who made that made 50 cents. Yeah. But it's also not going to fit you <laughs> the way that, yeah. Right. And so I, I mean, I love brands like Ishakti and they're, they're growing and they, they work out of India and I believe um, somewhere in the West coast. And mm-hmm. so they've managed to make their, their, essentially their lines work the same way that I do, where a person can submit either general size or their custom measurements. They have it broken down. They have their computer software that sizes it for those customers. I'm sure that they've worked it out or they've got a design. I don't know if they've got a designer behind the scenes that then breaks it down. I'm sure there is a software and I'm hunting for one um, that, where you just plug in the numbers and it like edits the pattern for you. And then it, it cuts it. I mean, there is a cost to not making 10 pieces at a time. Um, You're making one at a time, but they're smart because they'll do like the same fabric in like 10 different pieces Yeah, and kind of mix and match things that way, which is really smart um, because a lot of times you can buy fabric less expensively. I don't want to say cheaper, when you buy a hundred yards of it. So once that hundred yards is used, you're done with that line. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, I, your first yeah. line is like that, correct? Yes. And I, I mean, I still have a ton of that fabric, <laughs> but I, and I think that's going to be like my through line. I'll, you know, I'm going to be retiring a lot of stuff um, next year right. uh, and start over for 2022. But I think that fabric is going, that particular fabric is going to be like my OG, like through line fabric for everything I and mean then, um, nobody's ever mad about red velvet lingerie so <laughs> uh right and I think it looks great on every person that I've put it on and right. people just kind of want to pet pet it 
<laughs> so yeah, and I mean, I'm learning things as a small business, like what's selling, what's not, trying to hop on trends. But there's also like, I, I don't want to copy Savage by Fenty. Right. Like I, that's not what I do. And I, I love neon colors. I did a, you know, neon line for the swimwear, yeah, um, which is now retired. But like, because yeah, that's what was popular this year. Next yeah. year, who knows what's going to be popular for swimwear? <laughs> yeah, it's it's an ever changing industry. Right. Like, and you know, it's just like as far as like people are asking, well, why don't you do underwires? Um, <laughs> COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped wearing underwires. Um, yeah. When COVID hit, and I just hated it when I had to start putting them back on. And I kind of decided not to. Uh, So, um, so the first year I'm just like, uh, so that's, I mean, that's like 80% of why the other 20% is frankly, it's a lot more difficult to pattern those, especially to be really individually sized. It's it's not going to say that's something that I'm working on and figuring out how I can easily do that as a solo person. um, So that, I'm hoping that by 2022 that that will be a thing in the early lines um, so that those requests can be fulfilled. Um, well, and it's, but, it's, it's just, I feel like that's, I, I could see why that request for, you know, underwired things is big because that's, I, I mean, I don't want to be like my first idea of what lingerie is, is like a bra and panty set. And when I think of bras, sure. only honestly in the last like, five years have I even worn non-underwire bras like wearing bralettes is a new thing versus wearing an underwire bra I think luckily I've kind of hit on the trend because of COVID that um nobody wants to wear a bra anymore (laughs) right um bralettes are super popular but there's also this misconception that only underwire bras give you support and only underwire bras will give you a push-up look right and I personally think that's false yeah I mean honestly if you come at me and you're like I want padding in this bralette I'll I'll figure it out (laughs) um but uh I really don't think I you know we had a friend that came to me and was like oh I really think it would be better for a push-up and I like look at her in one of my bralettes and I'm like yeah, but you've got cleavage right now. <laughs> like, exactly. I don't know what you're talking about. So um, but I think it's just about how it's designed and how it is meant to, you know, support you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's I, not about I, your wire. I, and I, I can say from a consumer side, like, I don't want to say that's not something I've ever like truly like sat down and thought about, but like, I mean, my brain goes to, my body goes to comfort. And I think that comfort is a huge, huge thing. And like, I've taken such a, it's really been in the last couple of years that like, I don't wear things that are uncomfortable anymore. I don't care what it is, or if I'm like supposed to be wearing it or supposed to like it. Like if it's uncomfortable, I'm not putting it on my body. The exception being like, occasionally I'll wear something that's like, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable, but I'm wearing it for an hour and I'm wearing it because it looks really cool or like (laughs) for a specific something like stilettos are terrible and so uncomfortable. Will I wear them for photo shoots? Yes. (laughs) Will I wear them in real life? No. (laughs) Will I wear them between two different sets of a photo shoot? Absolutely not. (laughs) No, no. Flip flops all the way. But like, I I really think that that's the type of uh, like 
I don't want to be like, we as women have been brainwashed um, that like we have to wear these things. And so even like looking at the underwire discussion on that, literally, I was like, when I started to like, I don't want to say have to wear a bra again, because I've just not, um, I was literally like, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to put this bra on. And I was like, it's really uncomfortable. Is it uncomfortable because it's not the right size on me? Or is it uncomfortable because I haven't worn a bra in over a year? (laughs) And the answer (laughs) is probably both. But at the same time, like, and then I was like, F this. Why am I, why am I bothering to try and put something on my body that's uncomfortable to uphold a beauty standard that I don't really care about? I don't give two shits if I have cleavage or not. Like, it's not really a big deal for me. So why would I you know, go into right. that. And I like a hundred percent respect the women that want to do that. Like, I don't oh, care yeah. if that's what, like, if you want to walk around with cleavage, cool. Awesome. I don't mind looking at that. Um, <laughs> like I, I think, I think your boobs are gorgeous. Um, but I personally don't want that. And I mean, certainly with the COVID weight and like my ribs expanding from probably laying around for 20 hours a day and (laughs) you know all of that junk um I certainly couldn't fit in the underwire bra that I was wearing before COVID and before quarantine and I just didn't feel like going and refitting a bra (laughs) like that whole process is just so dehumanizing when you go and you're in this tiny room with this woman that like got trained in five minutes um and is telling you what your boob shape is like I I mean that's not to say that it's any more comfortable. Like I'll be, I'll be real. And you've had to do this for me. Like yeah. taking your measurements at home is not comfortable. <laughs> like I don't want to totally awkward. Right. Like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just don't want to see those numbers. And I mean, right. but that's, that's not to say that I'm going to get a number and be like, Oh my God, you're so out of this range or whatever. I will know because I ask my customers to send me a photo if I don't know them. Like, I know your body type. I know your body, like, by heart, by now. You know my body really well at this point. Magda has made a lot of lingerie (laughs) for some place images, and it looks amazing on everybody, if I say so myself. But Magda does me really well, and my body shape really well. So, yes. Right. Like, I know my friends' bodies really well, because that's what I've been trained to do. I look at bodies, and I look for, you know, differences. And But if I don't know you, and you send me a picture, and I get a measurement, and I'm like, that isn't right that's not the right number (laughs) like I know I know what it's supposed like so I'll be like hey I'm sorry can you like pull that tape out again (laughs) just check that one number you know like because that's a huge part of small business like that's a big thing like I would I I mean if (laughs) I don't I don't want to say I haven't actually taken my measurements because I've usually stood in whatever kitchen we're in in whatever state we're in (laughs) together and said Magda take my measurements so I've never had to do it myself but I could totally see like not getting the right number or like confusing a a bust and an underbust or confusing a a something and as a small business like you pretty much following up and being like hey that doesn't seem right I just wanted to check in and like you know you sent me your picture and it's saying that you have this but you know I'm seeing that that might be a little bit wrong I'd love to confirm before I you know make that and I think that's a huge thing right and I think like the measurement chart I went through like four different versions of it and it's never I'll, I'll be honest, it's never going to be perfect. Right. I'm sure Ishaki deals with the same thing and they've got their fit guarantee. I mean, 
Yeah. But mistakes happen when you're taking a measurement at home and you don't have a tape measure and I'm like, okay, well grab a grab a belt that doesn't stretch and take a number like you know like do your best like you know we try and do our best um but it like mistakes happen and I've had people um our friend and I'm gonna name drop if we need to leave her name out that's fine so Shannon uh ordered some pieces from me and she got them and you know there were a couple of fit issues um yeah she got two swimsuits which think she I couldn't believe that she ordered two swimsuits for me and she got them and just something was cut weird and when I saw her in person a couple weeks ago I double checked her measurements and I was like aha aha I found it (laughs) this was I figured it out like even with the pictures and everything and like I like I don't advertise that oh you'll just do whatever you need like but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now this is not the first time I've made I make mistakes. I'm a human. This is not on right. you or your body. This yeah. is you're, we're humans. We're all we're humans. humans. I make mistakes. You make you make a mistake. And so I, you know, and this is probably the fourth or fifth time where someone's like, this just doesn't feel right. And I'd be like, okay, send me pictures. Or like in Shannon's case, it was in person. Right. And I said, all right, send it back. I'll fix it. Like, I just, yeah. I want you to feel good. You're you're spending money on this to feel good and yeah. it's not ideal because then you're waiting another couple of weeks to get this piece. Cause I am doing this by myself, but like, right. I want you to have this and wear it for as long as it lasts and have it. And it should last a while. So yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't want you to spend this money and then have it go sit in the bottom of your drawer because you're like, Oh, well it didn't fit right. Yeah. I, if it, if it's not someone that's near me and I, think, I can't honestly, fix it. That's a struggle that I hear from a lot of my clients anyway. It's like, I mean, obviously I have the lingerie wardrobe with um, the studio. And so, and like I said earlier, I have quite a few pieces from you, which is amazing. <laughs> and they're some of the most flexible, easy pieces that I can put on different bodies. And obviously, so when I'm shooting... I do use a system of like using clips and different things like that because I realize that I'm not going to be able to custom size lingerie for every single sure. body that I'm shooting, of course. But I can do, we'll say, you know, like nips and tucks for lack of a better word, using small clips and using, you know, tricks because it's on camera. It's not in real life. These aren't things that have to fit perfectly. They just need to look good in photos. And, and that's a that's a whole other thing of being able to, to look at lingerie and, and do those things. But a lot of my clients come in and they're like, hey, I, you know, bought all of these things or I have these things, but they just like don't fit me right. And so they've just been sitting in my drawer. Like that is, right. I get that on a, I would say almost weekly basis, at least one of my clients will be like, yeah, I've had all these things for a really long time. And they just like, you know, this doesn't fit quite right. Or like, this is, this doesn't, this feels weird. And so I've never really worn it. So it's just been sitting in a drawer and I'm like, I want to be like, girl, put it on your body. Just like, <laughs> don't let right. lingerie sit at the bottom of the drawer forever. Like wear it. Just right. Well, it. I mean, I'll be real. We all have those pieces that oh, sit in absolutely. the drawer because they're not comfortable. Like, I, I, mean, I mean, I even have yeah, like that that I'm like am I gonna wear these ever no but like they're fuzzy and I could keep them but no like <laughs> right like I, I think like the two years ago I went through my sock drawer because I had all these <laughs> like fun little socks that you know people would buy me like the, the socks that I don't know why people buy me socks ever but <laughs> you know people buy me socks that have like cats on them or something yeah. and I just 
don't wear them because they're not comfortable because that's a whole other thing that's that not is, yeah. and I'm, I'm for so, people that have fat ankles. Like. I'm, so for, I'm so for just like not putting things on your body that are uncomfortable. And that's like a huge thing that I've done in the past couple of years is like, I don't wear things that are uncomfortable. Even like I will buy certain things brand new, a pair of leggings or a pair of joggers or whatever. And if I put it on and I don't like them and they don't fit me well, I will literally be like, hey mom, you want these? Because they don't fit me right. And I'm not or does anybody want these? Because I'm not going to wear them if it makes me feel uncomfortable. If I have to pull at my clothes and if I have to like constantly readjust things, it makes me feel so self-conscious and I hate it. Right. I hate it so much. And I think that. Right. And that absolutely goes into like self-confidence and. 100%. Being able like, to like rock yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, so the most common question that I get, like people are like, what's one thing I can do to boost my self-confidence? I'm like, put on. Right. How do I get your confidence? That's the one that you always get is how do right. I get your confidence? Yeah, you do. I do get that a lot. So like my literally number one thing is like put on underwear that make you feel like a boss. That is what you need to do. And it could be like, listen, <laughs> we all have different underwear days. I have some underwear that make me feel like a boss one day and the next day I'm like, yep, nope, that's not you. Um, which is fine. But like putting something on your body, the first thing that you put on your body that is next to your skin needs to be comfortable and needs to like make you feel like a badass because then you're going to walk around being like, I'm a fucking badass. And those vibes come out no matter what you're wearing on top of it. You could be wearing sweatpants. You could be wearing a business suit. If you are wearing something saucy underneath there and you know it and you feel confident in it, you are going to walk different, talk different, act different, everything. And it is such a huge, huge thing. And like literally step one, what you put on your body, starting with your underwear is the most important thing that you do. Because if you are uncomfortable, you are going to act uncomfortable and it comes across in every single thing that you do. Absolutely. That, yeah, I mean, I'll step off it's... my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm going to, I'm going, I'm sorry. I'm going to quote you because your favorite, the other, your response is I like when people are like, how do I get your confidence? is don't get my confidence, get your own confidence. Like, I mean, and that's part of it is like what you wear and what you do are part of what make you confident. And it's not, it's not just about what you're wearing and it's certainly not for other people No, because yeah, I mean, I, I will be the first to admit that I've had a major slump in the last couple of years in my confidence. Um, and I'm, you know, slowly gaining that back, but that, you know, because, and that's not on anyone but me, like, and how I'm responding to what society says. Um, right. You know, I'm wearing baggier clothes, I'm wearing t-shirts, and that certainly doesn't make me feel great. When I dress up, I feel amazing. I mean, even if it's like a shirt that's different, that fits a little bit better, I feel right. so much better than when I'm wearing just a, a baggy t-shirt. And that's not to say that you can't, you can't fucking rock a t-shirt. Like everyone can rock a t-shirt, but like, I'm not talking about those t-shirts. I'm talking about walking around in my like baggy target plain t-shirt that is like three sizes too big and like, you know, not flattering at all. And yeah, it's totally different. Um, It's a huge component of what you put on your body affects your confidence. Which is why right. I think and laundry I, is so important. <laughs> right, right. And I think that first step is certainly a, a huge one. Um, and I, you know, like I, you can be sexy without showing skin. I mean, I yeah. feel like you can feel that sexiness without showing that. I, It's something that I certainly, again, struggle with myself because I work in my day job with 
children. So like, <laughs> it's not like I can walk around. I can't walk around showing off my bra and underwear, but right. I can certainly be wearing something underneath what is very conservative and feel better about myself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think, I think that's super important. Um, and I think that if, whatever it is, like whatever you do, like dyeing my hair purple makes me feel more confident. Yeah. Same. Shaving my head makes me feel more confident. Right. Like a month ago, I finally redid that and it made me feel so much better. I feel like myself again. Um, Magic. It's so magical how that is. And, you know, like if wearing makeup makes you feel better, which uh, like 50% of the time it does because it's kind of a mask for me. I, I work as a costume designer. So like, um, yeah, I create characters for myself. If I have to pretend that I'm confident to get through the day, then that's what I do. It's certainly something that I'm reminding myself because it's something that I did when I started playing roller derby and it, you know, I kind of had to trick myself into that and faking it till um, you make it yeah (laughs) yeah I I don't play right now because everything's kind of still shut down here but yeah yeah I gained a lot of confidence because I just pretended that I was and I know that you hear that a lot you know a lot of people tell you like oh just fake it till you make it and it's not it isn't isn't that like you don't have right like you're not faking it. You're you're faking it until you fake it for like you, until you believe it for yourself. Exactly. Um, That's exactly what it you is. Know, is that you're? But you're it's also faking yourself more right. than anybody else. <laughs> right. Like if I, if that's what I have to do, I'm sorry. Like I have to dis. If I have to disassociate to be able to get through my day, yeah. Um, it's it's a really terrible mental health thing that like you know, I'm sure that some people are going to be like, oh, no, I don't disassociate. But like, sometimes you have to do that. Like, that's, that's how I get through my anxiety. And, and it's, it was a trick that I had gotten from a therapist a few years ago. And then with everything shutting down, it kind of went away. And so like, now I'm trying to remember like, oh, right, I have to play pretend again. Right. I'm not an actor. I don't, go on stage to save anyone's life I hate public speaking so the fact that I do these <laughs> podcast things is like hilarious to me I love but, it but like I love for roller so derby yeah for roller derby a few years ago we were doing what is essentially a TED talk a local TED talk I can't uh Charlotte is creative okay and I we did it as a group which they never do <laughs> um but they were like hey we need some volunteers to public speak about what roller derby did for you right. and I was one of the first to volunteer because I was like I hate public speaking sure I'm gonna go do that <laughs> right well you know, and so, because so I want to ask because I, I think I know the answer to this so I have a couple questions that I'm gonna ask everybody as interview questions here on the podcast you know, you're my second guest. <laughs> so um, the first one being like, what, what was or like has been a turning point in like your self love journey. And like, this sounds like it of like being able to be like, yes, I'm, I'm feeling confident in myself, even if you were quote unquote, faking it until you make it like, that's a, a huge thing. And so like, but like, what was that for you? What was a turning point where you were I mean, we, and we, I want to say we all have good ba- days and bad days. So I'm not going to like just sure. that. Oh, and, absolutely. And especially and since it. you said, you know, you've been in the slump for a couple months. And like, I feel like a lot of us have. We're 18 months into a global pandemic and it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot. And it's something that I'm, I, I 
I'm going to start acting like the youths and have a TikTok about all this stuff. Um, but because I was like really thinking about it today and being like, okay, I really, I talk about this a lot on my Facebook page and I get some flack for it that I talk very openly about my mental health and that I say when I'm having a bad day. And part of that is because social media is very fake. Yeah. And so to get back to your question, this sounds to anyone listening to this sounds very like I'm kissing your butt because uh, I mean, you're my idol. Um, but, no. <laughs> um, but like my turning point was the someplace group and being really involved in that. Uh, I kind of dove head in. I was one of the early people in the group yeah. and, you know, being able to be there for other women and support other women and tell them, you know, like the shitty days and the great days and have like feedback that, okay, you're allowed to have those terrible days. Um, I I think that was really the start. And then I had my first shoot with you like three years ago and I still felt terrible about myself, (laughs) but I was in the middle of playing roller derby. And, um, and so for me to have gained the confidence to play roller derby was because I started talking about my life in the someplace group and, you know, being able to be open about that, I think was really important. And to be able to say like what my fears are. Uh, I had a professor in grad school who always would yell at me that because I was so afraid, this is so such a gifted child dilemma for anyone that grew up in the gifted and talented groups um, in, in school, you know, you're so afraid to fail that you don't try anything right. um, as an adult. And so <laughs> I went to graduate school, all places like this is the place that you're supposed to be able to like try everything and do all of the things towards what you want to do as a career. Right. And I went into this class with a professor who literally was like, okay, so your next project is thinking outside the box. Go. <laughs> okay. And I was like, what does that mean? And I could not, I literally, like, I literally could not make, like, I couldn't even think outside of a physical box. <laughs> like, right, right. like, what is, he's like, I, I didn't know what it meant. Like, I was like, no, I need more parameters. And he's like, nope, you get to fail. <laughs> and so he, <laughs> he's like, what is your, and so like, he had to break it down. Like he was my therapist. Like what, what are you so afraid of? And I was like, I'm afraid of failing this class. If I fail this class, I'm kicked out of grad school. Right. And he's like, okay, well, I mean, you're not gonna, if you do anything, you're not going to fail the project. So do, do something. something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do absolutely anything. And you, so, so my favorite phrase was like, it's okay. He's like, it's okay to fail. You just have to try. Um, and yeah. that's kind of been my motto. It is on the plans for a sleeve that I'm going to get tattooed on my arm. I love it because I constantly need that reminder that you have to, you have to try something. And so when you were like, here's this black Friday sale to do this photo shoot. And I was like, yes, me, I don't even care if I get prints from it. <laughs> I'm just going to do the photo shoot. Like, um, ready. I, yeah, I was like ready for it when one of our, my now friends moved into Charlotte and was like, I play roller. Oh, 
she was my boss. <laughs> right. My boss was being interviewed for her position. And on her resume, she said she played roller derby, which I think is probably one of the best things to put on a resume. Yeah. Um, that she so was the that. treasurer of her. Right. Like that she was the treasurer of a roller derby league in California. And I was like, oh, we've got a roller derby league in Charlotte. She's like, oh, I know. I was like, oh, I've always wanted to do that, but I've been too afraid to do it. So when she got the job and moved to Charlotte, they had a fresh meet night and she grabbed the flyer and shoved it across the table at me. And I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm going to buy the $300 worth of equipment and I'm going to go do this thing. (laughs) I love Um, it. I love it so much. (laughs) And so like, because I don't ever do anything. I like, this is probably why I should never, ever do drugs. Um, Because (laughs) I have a very hard time doing things half-assed. And so roller derby was very hard for me because I was failing every day. Yeah, (laughs) It's not something I'm used to. And that makes me sound like such a like, Oh my God, I'm so amazing. And I mean, I'm allowed to have that confidence. I'm sorry. I have grown up doing what I do. No, I I 100% agree. Right. I've grown up doing what I do for a living. And I think that we're allowed to be proud of what we do. You grew up being a photographer. You are a photographer. You are an amazing photographer. I grew up, crafting and I like to joke about this when people come tour my job and to like find out what I do and I say I was an only child and I literally did every craft under the sun and they're like (laughs) yes that is my job that is my job and I sew right I craft and I sew and I'm amazing at it and I'm allowed to have that confidence and so that's something for anyone listening to this like if you are good at something you're allowed to be happy about it damn it and so I, that's what was so difficult for me because I was always good at those types of things. I never strayed outside of that. I never strayed outside of the art or the artistic side. I can copy a piece of art like anyone's business. Yeah. I can uh, knit. I can kind of crochet, but I will fake it. (laughs) Uh, I embroider, I embroider, I sew, I do all these, like I paint, like I, paint and I screen prints and I make puppets and I make hats that after learning like you know from one person how to make a puppet I made a 30 foot puppet um yeah. and you know so that was my comfort zone which for anyone who is not artistic is not their comfort zone but absolutely a lot of those people that are not artistic are more sporty than I am I am very I'm very not a sporty person I like I like to sit on the couch and I yeah, like yeah and and derby just put you like out of your comfort zone but in a such a good way oh absolutely you get in a room of 40 badass women and men that are just building each other up and like kicking each other's butts um right. modern roller derby is not like wwe on skates it is a sport and yeah. that's not something that I know how to do. I don't, I'm not a team sport person. I am not a team player. Um, <laughs> it's something that I have to be better at in my job. And, but, uh, so it pushed me out of my comfort zone. And it's, it's something that I try to take forward every single day that like, you have to try something new that is not what you are good at. And right that's fine. You're fine if you're not good at something. It's all part of the Um, journey. It is all part of the journey. Exactly. Right. Like it's okay to fail at something and, but you're, you're not going to die from it. I mean, 
there are very few things that you would die from if you fail at it. Right. <laughs> like, I wouldn't recommend, like, you know, going skydiving, skydiving without right. any training. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely but, agree with that. Or, like, you know, operating on someone, obviously. But, like, you know, like, someone had to try that at first and figure yeah. it out. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I do isn't going to be killing anyone. And that's fine. And so it's taking those risks and trying to figure that out and then like applying that to yourself every day but it's a kindness that I'm relearning like I said the last couple of years with quarantine have been very hard on my body and that's not to say just my physical body but the mental health of my body and how I view it and I'm not very gentle with it anymore but I have to take forward every single day that I it's okay that it's like this and that is going to change um it might be different in two weeks and it might not and that's fine (laughs) so so my next question is so do you have any like particular books or media or a person who's like helped you in this journey with your body and even like we can even touch on mental health there because I think that it's such an important factor of everything yeah um sure I mean I hate to admit that I haven't been reading as much as I'd like only because I uh read a lot of scripts for work um right and so when I get home it's very exhausting to read a book I <laughs> um, could I can understand that. like I'm not <laughs> right like it makes me sound like I'm not a very well-read person but it's just really tiring because I'm then I get into a book and I want to analyze it um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a very different uh, thing why, <laughs> you gotta you gotta yeah, learn exactly. how to switch your brain off in that <laughs> right and when I you know when you're working 10 hour days or 12 hour days or whatever it is and then you come home that's kind of, like you just want to shut off <laughs> um Correct. so uh as far as I, I've been watching a lot of like mental health tiktok yeah I'm 30 I'm I'm one of those 30 somethings on tiktok I, and, uh, I love tiktok <laughs> Right. Uh, I've recently gotten back into it. Right. I've recently gotten back into it. And let me tell you, um, mental health TikTok and plus size TikTok is, I am here for it. And I can't wait. I I think I'm just, that's going to be the next thing. I need to like get over that fear of public speaking again. And I'm going to start making TikToks again. So if anyone wants to follow that, I am at legit underscore 55. Um, and um we'll see i that's on my list for tomorrow morning <laughs> so <laughs> I did. i'm i'm envisioning it i'm so excited i can, right. I can see it i and can it, see it like i i can imagine that it's going to end up being me like occasionally just bitching to the camera um i might make a fool of myself and dance for the camera who I knows like it. i like um, it all but i think that there are a lot of amazing people on there and i think that it's really accessible it's not a two-way thing, which I think is both great and not great because, you know, but it's great because you don't have the pressure of having to respond, but there are a lot of amazing creators that both have their, their positive sides, like a lot of amazing actors and singers on TikTok. But the ones that I love to follow are the ones that do that and then talk about the struggles every day. Um, absolutely because there is there way. is struggle there is struggle like I think that that's absolutely when we, when we have this confidence conversation or like you said you've watched multiple people ask me like oh how can I have your confidence like it is I have to pick myself every single day that is like there is such a 
like even what you were saying, like failing every single day and like picking yourself every single day. It's really hard. It's not easy. Right. And like, I, and I, I crack up when people ask that, when people <laughs> ask that in the group and they're like, Oh my God, how do I get that confidence? Or even when they look at other people's photo shoots, they're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do that. That takes so much confidence. And I just have to laugh because like, do you yeah. think I walked into that? Like I would, I mean, I was like bloated and like, you know, feeling like crap that day. We were, and then I got we were hot. We were and hot and sticky. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. It, <laughs> I am a sweaty person by nature. And when I get excited about something and I start talking about something, if I'm not sitting in my freezing cold studio, like I am right now, <laughs> I would be drenched in sweat. Um, because literally as soon as I start getting excited about something, I start sweating. <laughs> We're here for it. <laughs> but yeah. So like, I laugh when people are like, because I know you, I've known you for 10 years or so. Yeah. And some people are like, Carly, how do I get your confidence? And I'm just like, I've seen her, da- her lows guys. Like she has them. She's a human being. I am a but human being. <laughs> social media has trained us. Yeah. Right. Social media has trained us to think that that everyone is perfect and, and everybody is on a pie all the time. Right. And if you get in the right strains of TikTok and, and Instagram and things like that, you can find those like those little pockets of wonderful. Where, right. They're it's amazing. And I think that it's great for the young people of today. And I that you can see that. Yeah. And it's not as fake. And I and I think that there's and what's even better is Discord has that too. Yeah. And you're able to converse with people and it's free. Um yeah. I think that the the terror for a lot of young people and for a lot of people in general, I mean I should say I shouldn't just say young people because I have friends that are in their forties and fifties in the group. Right. That, you know, you need like that that discussion, but you can't afford to go see a therapist and it's not like the best thing because should go to therapy um and there are people that are not trained oh well yeah I mean there are people that are not trained that are giving out advice but sometimes all you need is someone to listen and I think that's very important and yeah and I'm sorry but like there are people that are just not supported by their spouses or their parents that can't go to therapy that can't afford therapy or their communities or their communities yeah I mean I I have health insurance and I'm lucky enough to have health insurance that could partially cover therapy, but it's still somewhat cost prohibitive. And so to be able to talk to people that are, could be somewhat anonymous, um, yeah. I, that's very helpful because sometimes you just need to get that off your chest. Um, so that's the long, that's the long way of saying that like, I don't read right now, but I listen and watch a lot of things that kind of help me through those moments because um, I think that's really important. It is really important. Okay. So my final question, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? And this can be like, college younger self or like little kid younger self or like any any of it I mean like last week self is younger (laughs) well I think we kind of touched on it a little bit for sure and it it definitely goes back to that like it's okay to fail just try if we're crying out loud just fucking try Um, (laughs) (laughs) because it's always I mean like I've had anxiety and my entire life and i have had to shut a lot of it out. I, I did go to therapy for a couple of years and I am planning on going back, but we, 
literally had to go through the same processes um, of EMDR that PTSD people go through because that is how my anxiety presents. Right. Because I will remember something that I said in the second grade and it will haunt me all night long. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I, yeah, that's exactly what I would say is like, it, it's okay. Like you can, you can say the, and be the weird person. Like it's not your fault that that person decided to go with the popular people. Um, right. Be weird. Be the person that is so weird that even the goth kids think you're too weird. Um, <laughs> and I like, like I, I, there was definitely a point in, it's like post anxiety because there was definitely a point in high school and middle school where I was like, I don't care. I'm going to wear these flower print tights with the shorts and the crop top and my hair and pigtails. Um, and be okay with it. it. And then literally I talked to one of my friends that is, was in the goth crowd and he's like, yeah, they don't like you cause you're too weird. <laughs> what? How does that make sense? <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. But it's okay. And like, and that's honestly, even like to myself, like five years ago, like you don't have to think about that anymore. It's okay. But you were too weird for the goth kids. Totally. Okay. And it's okay. Because, because your weirdness is one of the things I love the most about you. <laughs> right. And it's okay for you to be like that now because those kids that were the preppy ones or the goth ones that grew up, they're still like that. They still, right critique you I have co-workers that will be like oh that's a choice to dye your hair purple and I'm like is it hurting anyone I mean I'm not dealing I'm not public facing which I don't know why that would matter anyways but right. I don't deal with the public in case anyone is concerned um I don't right. deal with the public for my job I I deal with the children backstage or I deal with my co-workers right. so it shouldn't matter that I dye my hair purple or that I've got snake piercings on my face or that I've got tattoos none of that matters (laughs) like right none of that matters it's okay for me to let that go now I can wear mismatching colors now and be okay with it or I can wear all black if I want to and it also doesn't mean that I need to dwell on the fact that someone in seventh grade said that I was too weird for the goth kids listen I will take all of your weirdness and lift it up and cherish it because I love it right (laughs) right and I like and it's like I said like I've said a thousand times in the last hour like I have forgotten that over the last couple years and I'm fine with it I'm fine with my mismatched colors and prints and I'm fine with wearing all black and I'm fine with wearing makeup or not wearing makeup and every day is different for me like I wake up and I'm like maybe not today right but that's fine and so that I think is the biggest advice for myself five years ago and myself five minutes ago like I you're okay to be who you want to be and how comfortable you are in that is up to you yeah (laughs) it's not up to anyone else yeah. So. And it's okay to fail. <laughs> it's okay to fail. I think that's a hard lesson though. It really is. It like, is. It's a it's a hard thing to wrap our heads around when a lot of society expects, I don't want to say perfection from us, but perfection in so many different ways. And and even with the rise of social media of, you know, oh, or like these people can do no wrong or whatever. And that's it's not true. And and social media you know, I guess a, a huge thing of having the Facebook group that 
we have in the community that we have is like we talk about highs and lows we talk about it's a it's it's a a place on the internet that isn't I don't want to say judgmental because I'm sure that there are still people in that community judging others. And there have definitely been some times that I've been like, girl, what you wearing? And then the first thought that comes to my mind after that is don't judge anybody for what they want to wear and feel comfortable in. But I have to untrain myself. I oh, have absolutely. to untrain I mean, myself. I, I call people out on that all the time. I call myself out on that all the time. And it's because you know, everyone wants to pit us against each other. Yeah. And that it benefits consumerism if we do that because it just means, oh, well, then they'll go buy that makeup or they'll buy that anti-wrinkle cream because that filter made them look perfect. Yes. And uh, that's not reality. No, not reality. Yeah. And (laughs) not reality. uh, You know, we're we're both of that. We're both of that, like, no child left behind generation. And it's really screwed up a lot of us. You know, if you don't go to college, you're a total failure. And I, I still, this is where the anxiety comes in. I still remember I had a friend that dropped out of college after his first semester. And I was stunned because gap years weren't a thing. Right. Um, And I'm very thankful that they are now. It's taken me a couple of years to like understand what that really means and that some people are not right for college. Some people are not right for college right now. They might go back to it. Absolutely. We need technicians. We need people that do the jobs that are not college based. Like you have to have that for society to run if we continue to be consumer society those people need to exist (laughs) that that can also be that person's weird thing like I have a friend who like literally has known that they were going to be an electrician their whole life because it fascinates them and they're obsessed with it and they didn't want to go to college because they wanted to go to trade school and I was like do it like it's just such a let me tell you people that are electricians and went to trade school are not idiots like they're I mean Like, and that's, that's me telling my past self that for sure. Yeah. But like that, yeah, there, you have to be really smart to work with that kind of equipment. Absolutely. It's right. And it's just like, you know, they've, they've turned what I do for a living into something that you need a graduate degree (laughs) in. Right. Um, But like, you know, if you're a carpenter in theater Um, well let's even just say let's just touch on the subject I did not need a college education to do what I do period sure I did I'm sure that if I I mean as a costume designer I needed a college education I don't know that I needed a master's degree right and I certainly as a stitcher did not need a master's degree (laughs) right um but there are those are technical fields that they've turned into something where they can make money off of people going to graduate school to do. Right. Those people are brilliant and I think they do amazing work. Um, but you don't need to spend an arm and a leg going to graduate school to do that. And yeah. I think that's really important. And I think that you kind of get that a little bit in New York. You can be trained an apprentice in that and not get a master's degree. You can go in the technical field that way. Right. But I think that that's something that needs to come back to the smaller towns. Um, a lot of people go into mass production. Um, I know that there's a, town, a small town in Georgia, just up, like on the other side of the Florida Georgia line that like does all the mass manufacturing for like, UPS uniforms and right. um, things like that. And 
those are trades that are not things that you need to go to graduate school to do but I agree you know it's something that you can be trained to do and I think that that's really important and I think that those are things that people need to get back and that the no child left behind thing kind of screwed everyone over on because it made this so important that you have to go to college yep but it's not true (laughs) you have to go to college you have to do these things you have to have you know 2.5 2.5 kids and a white picket fence and a dog and all and like right I'm I'm ready I'm ready for the flip the script and it's it's coming it's it's happening and it's it's a good thing and I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're part of the generation that's changing things I'm glad I'm glad for both what you do and what I do that you know I work with you know all bodies period um and all mm-hmm. genders and and being able to showcase people as they are and people in their, I don't want to say most beautiful form, but like I can show people that they are beautiful exactly as they are. And what you do is, and especially with Amber Goddess, like you give people something that they feel badass in and being able to move forward with that. Like we need so much more of, we need so much more vibes, like many more vibes like that, please. And thank you of like feeling confident in your own skin. And I think that that's such such an important thing for everybody to feel and everybody to like be able to do and that what we're doing now what you what I'm doing as a business what you're doing as a business what I see so many other people doing is changing changing the narrative um because we were of that generation that uh, that we're like this isn't acceptable and the younger ones shouldn't have to do what we did (laughs) right and I and I work often enough with high schoolers and college students that I'm really proud of them and they're really changing. I mean, I see high school students that are so such activists and um, trying to push forward to make the world better to the point like, yeah, I did some of that, but like the level of organization that these high school students have and middle school students have towards politics and reform is just absolutely amazing. And I think that they're, building each other up and they're supporting people. And I think that, you know, I, I want to take credit as being part of the generation before that. And that we kind of like my friends that have had kids that are now old enough to be that age. Um, (laughs) yes. Um, like we're raising little, you know, feminists that are able to do those things and I certainly can't take that credit because I am not raising them but I try to be kind of you know better when I am around those students right um, because I think it's really important I think it's really important to call out people and they're calling them out I mean they call out the politicians and their peers when they're doing something wrong and I think that's amazing and I think it's changed so much I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. so thankful for them it's 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 great. It's it's such a refreshing thing to see. And and like I said, I'm proud of both of us because we are part of that in the ways that we are. And we're both helping change self-perspectives of people in our generation and older. You know, we're flipping the script for mm-hmm. people who aren't in that generation and aren't being raised with that and aren't being, you know, we're, we're, you and I are both standing here saying it's okay to fail. It's okay to be different. It's okay to do these things. And it's okay to just love yourself where you are. You don't have to, you know, want to be 
whatever society tells you you need to be. And I think that that is a huge, huge thing, huge thing. So yay us. (laughs) (laughs) Yay us. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) On that note, yay us. (laughs) I'm going to say thank you so much, my love, for coming and talking with me. Um, Where can people find you on socials? So I am at Amber Goddess Designs on Instagram. I am at Amber Goddess Designs on Facebook. And currently that is it. Um, My store is ambergoddessdesigns.com cool uh which is direct link Uh, perfect through etsy and i'm currently working on a website upgrade hopefully so i'm about it i'm about it thank you so much my love i am so so thankful for us to have all of this open conversation and you are the best Thanks so much for listening to Someplace for Everybody. If you love this episode, would you mind leaving me a review in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show? If you're looking for a community to love on you and support you in your self-love journey, come join our all-gender Facebook group, Someplace for Everybody, which can be found in the show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Until we meet again, be kind to yourself.